Welcome back to Jim Close Podcast. Today is Wednesday, March the 1st. We're back with the podcast. It's been a minute. We're back. We got busy. Uh, I went on a vacation. And then uh, I don't know what happened from there. It's been a week and two days. So Yeah, but I really don't know what happened after the vacation part yeah or it, after the vacation we just, okay so vacation came went and then it's kind of got to a point where i was like eh xfl games are on this past weekend i was kind of watching them watching clips of some watching the full games of others um and i just figured you know and and then this week i don't really know i guess we were going to podcast on monday didn't really happen and then now it's here on wednesday and we're here we're going to podcast again we're doing it um i don't think I think consistently, at least in the off season, well, off season of NFL football, but really there is no such thing as an off season. But when it comes to not having games every week, I think it kind of takes out a lot of the content for potentially doing multiple podcasts a week. But but other than when we have like very very cool ideas to really want to do it, I think I do have a kind of a cool idea for the Big Ten thing I want to talk about later. But not really talking about that as of right now. But we're here. Talking about another podcast, has been plenty of things that have happened since last week. Um, we have things that are just now happening. The uh, NFL Combines this week. So that I'm very excited about that. I think well, that'll be a, a whole another episode because the quarterbacks do it. And a whole bunch of other players do their thing at the Combine. So that's always cool stuff. A cool thing to talk about. Goodness gracious. English is hard sometimes. And so there'll be plenty of stuff to talk about. We're here. And let's just do this thing. So first thing I wanted to talk about here was the XFL stuff. Because... Again, if nobody else is paying attention, I kind of have. We picked our teams. Did you did you pay attention to what your team last week did last week? No. Oh, I'm sorry. I was on vacation, bro. Not the whole weekend. I'm sorry. I was back from vacation. Okay. Tired. Oh, so that okay. All right. That excuse turned good to bad real quick. So I'm gonna give the rank. I'm gonna give the uh, what team? How teams are doing when it comes to schedule right now? Well, their record. And then I just kind of want to give a few of my observations out on some things. Um, so the we never really talked about this to get from the get go, but the XFL is split up into two divisions. conferences. Be conferences, conference be total. When there is no divisions, so it's just conferences. So for the XFL North, you're looking at the Defenders at two and zero at the top, tied with the Battle Hawks at two and zero, and then you have the Sea Dragons and the Vipers both zero and two at the bottom. Yeah, of the north for the xfl south we have the the houston roughnecks at two and zero up at the top got the renegades my team at one and one um right behind them the brahmas i think the san antonio brahmas at one and one and then you have the orlando guardians which i i'm just going to say this now which seems to me to be the worst team of all of them and you know it's funny it kind of coincides with the guardians having paxton lynch as their quarterback um i'm not really going to you know, that's really funny because he's always been terrible. He was terrible when he got to the league and he didn't do anything there. And then now he's here and he's doing terrible. Yeah. I think he's he was coined as the first quarterback to be taken off the field in every single in every level of football, both college, NFL and now a third one in the in the XFL. So maybe football has he not realized that maybe football just ain't for me. You know, it's funny, but he's one of those that he's really big guy. Like he, I think I think Pittsburgh drafted him as like a late round guy because he had all the physical tools, right? And then he's one of those guys with the physical tools that just never worked out. He couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. And and from what I've seen for him playing for the Orlando Guardians, it's still 
still the case. I don't understand <laughs> how they're even giving him $60,000 to be on their team um, because he has been an absolute atrocious of a player. And, and they replace him with, um, ooh, who is the guy behind him? I'll remember that in a minute. There's a certain guy behind him that I believe is there, but otherwise he, they've been terrible. So that, that's probably the worst team of everybody. Even though the Vipers and Sea Dragons are 0-2, I do think they've been more competitive. Um, my Renegades are 1-1. One one. Um, my offense is absolutely atrocious. My quarterback has no has no uh, pocket awareness, and he always ends up getting ta- he ends up getting sacked. Strip sacks are like his thing because he just does, doesn't like to hold on to the football. I noticed that, and he doesn't see any pressure coming. Like he doesn't feel it. Right, and I'm listening. You're like these quarterbacks have been playing quarterback for a while, so it's not like they're picking up guys that have been working at grocery stores the last yeah, 10 years. But they're in this league for a reason. They their problems are real problems, and that's why they're here. If they didn't have these problems, you know, they'd be in the NFL. No, for sure. But still, like these are like simple things. Like when it comes to, like, let me see. I know, but for these guys, it's not so simple. You look at like our quarterbacks, like Kenny Pickett. Hey, that's simple. We can fix that. But for these guys, this could be the reason why they're not in the league anymore. Like, so it's a different kind of uh, idea. I don't, I don't, I don't say these problems are simple for them because it's this could be their whole reason why they are not succeeding. Uh-huh. Um, I don't. I'm so I'm kind of upset. My Vipers are zero and two because like they're actually a decent team. And it's kind of annoying. So my quarterback Drew Plitt. Um, the guy from Ball State. It's his name is Drew Plitt. I can't make that up. Um, he is a start, been the starter. Has he can run when he needs to, and that's what I've seen. Something that's really cool. He's not necessarily like a like a, a crazy elite runner. Um, but when it comes to his pocket awareness, when it comes to him getting sacked all the time, and that's obvious. This is one thing I do see is like the biggest thing is that the thing that probably translates the most to that you can see an obvious change from no matter what level of football you're at. Starting from high school, going to college, to not only just the low-level colleges, but high-level colleges, and then you have the NFL, is the offensive linemen. Because let's be honest, defensive linemen, guys, you can get big guys to go and attack the quarterback all day. And that is pretty much at any level, even at the high school level, you're going to find big guys that can dominate. It is just the where, where you really find a big difference from level to level is not only the size of the offensive linemen in general from, from all the way to the left side to all the way to the right, the size of them and then the cohesiveness of them and then adding those two things together, both being a huge, having a huge offensive line. By the time you get to the NFL, you have a, a pretty much all these guys being over close to 300 pounds. Yeah, they're sick. They're mo- and they're like, athletes. Like the just- smallest one's going to be your center at like six two six three. But I was I, I think I said this the first game I watched. I was like, hey, all these guys look tiny. Yes. And. Not like me, just not us, just ragging on them. No, these guys look small. Mm-hmm. Like I think on on the Vipers, uh, my my team. I was looking. I was like, the center's the biggest guy there. Right. And I was like, that is not how it's supposed to be. It center's be always the tackles. smallest guy. It should be your tackles. Be, even your guards, at least those should be the bigger ones. Yeah, the center's a small, athletic guy who right. real quick. Right. No, does a lot of pulling. He and was stuff the like biggest. That. My I, I looked into it. My center's six four. The next tallest guy is six one. And then they're kind of consistently all that height. And I was like, that is tiny for linemen. Like, that's itty-bitty. Right. Like, I, like I'm looking at guys like Chris Olave. Like, he's 6'1". Yeah. And Chris Olave is not a big dude. Right. And I'm like, I, I, that, I, I do agree on that. That's where I really see the difference is the linemen. 
And that's why it really does allow defensive linemen to kind of stand out, even if they're not necessarily great players. But they they will end up doing more because as an offensive lineman, it's so much harder to try to stop somebody from getting where they want to go than to be the guy that has to attack. Like you have you have a spot they want to you want to attack as a defensive lineman, as a defensive end especially. And then the offensive lineman has to not only stop you from getting where you want to go. But they also have to, especially in their passing, they have to do it for an extended period of time while you're doing all your pass rush moves as a defensive player. That is why offensive linemen is one of the hardest positions to really make a difference because, heck, even in the NFL, a good offensive lineman is pretty much an offensive lineman that's ever talked about, right? It is a unsung position. Yeah. But then when you do something wrong, everybody's calling you out. You only get recognition when you are at your worst. And it sucks because as like a – Wide receiver, quarterback, running back, defensive lineman, DB. You all get recognition if you're doing good, if you're doing okay. It's more obvious. Yeah. But if you're a lineman, you only get noticed when you're doing bad. Because it's obvious when the offensive lineman is doing terribly. and then, Or it's as the as a group, it's more obvious when you're doing terribly. So when I see an, all these XFL teams, honestly, because it's pretty much throughout the whole league. But again, it's one of, one of those things is that the NFL is taking all the big guys. And they're if they're very talented, they'll do that. But when it comes to... Like, it's a very fine balance you have to get. And with these XFL guys, it's just, that is just one of those things. It's probably never going to be like the NFL. That's just one of those things. They can, they can get more skill-talented guys. They can get more skill position guys, wide receivers. Um, I think the quarterback play can get even better because I do feel like some of the higher-ranking quarterback, not higher, but some of those mid, more mid-tier quarterbacks will be able to have this as a as a as an option for them to extend their careers. So no, you're, you're going to so get too. better quarterback play and wide receiver play and running backs. But yeah. when it comes to the offensive linemen, the NFL takes the best of them and then pretty much everybody after that. I don't think you're ever going to have a dominant offensive line in the XFL. It's just not going to happen. It's just, just not how this league's going to be built. Even in the USFL, is going to be the same way. So all that being, the, especially since teams can have so many offensive linemen, like that's... That is one of the deepest positions in the NFL that you have a bunch of backups in. Not only but your regular backups, but when it comes to scout teams and stuff like that, those have the most players. Like I know my team had nine of them. Like even in college football, like Ohio State has like, like you're talking if you're a normal year, you're talking like having like fifteen to tw- like fifteen to twenty offensive linemen. Like, like if you're talking like three, if you're talking about just having two or three deep, that gets you to fifteen to twenty very quick. So all that being the case, like it's just not because not only the injuries, but also when it comes to just different uh, body types and all that, that's just one of those positions where you need to have a lot of them. That's the same thing in the NFL. So all that kind of works out to the XFL is going to be bad at the offensive line. So it puts more of a emphasis on quarterback play to be very on point with it tells your wide receivers and your tight ends they need to get open a little bit quicker. And then honestly, lets the defensive players know, hey, if you're rushing, rushing the quarterback, all you have to do is just keep your motor going, and that's probably going to be the difference between you be, um, having a very having a very good game and you not having a very good game because it's only going to be a matter of time. So they may hold on to you for a minute, but they're not going to be able to do it forever. So my team has a good defense, but my offense is awful. They really can't score. They really can't score like when they need to. Had ah, that's not even funny. <laughs> Pittsburgh shows offense is bad, but not even close to what this is. Um. For a, for a minute it was, <laughs> no, it wasn't. With Trubisky at the home, no, but it, but but I still had I st- with as bad as my offense, the worst offense the NFL can look. 
they would go up and down on these teams in the in the Yo, XFL. I, it's not I, even close. I was thinking of guys like me and my friend were talking about. It. He was like, "Hey, who do you see in the XFL next from the NFL?" And I was like, "Probably no one." And he was like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Think about the worst backup quarterback you have, right?" And he said, "But he's a Steelers fan." He's like, "Mitchell Trubisky." And I was like, "Yeah, he would destroy." I was like, XFL. "And I, that's what I said." I was like, "Dude would dominate." Yeah. I was like, he'd be the MVP in no and there's time. There's different. There's a different type of athlete that you just get in the NFL. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, but what about like lifetime backups? And I was like, the reason why they're lifetime backups because they get paid a pretty penny to do what they do. And I was like, yeah, that I was like that. They're good enough to do that. I was like, because they know as a backup, they can come in and be serviceable. They're gonna do exactly what they need to do, especially if you have a good team like a high power team like the Chiefs, the Bengals. That backup is only meant to fill that spot till your starter comes back. And that's, that's what he's about to do, and and they can get paid very like we're talking millions of dollars. We're not saying these guys are making hundreds of thousands. We're talking these guys are making millions of dollars, yep. and if it's, everything goes well, they're not seeing the field on game day. Never. They're tr- they practice. They hold the clip- clipboard and help the kind of the starter help help them with the offense and everything. But if everything goes well, you're getting paid millions to sit on the bench and practice. You chill. And that's it. You chill. Like their starters being paid twelve million to do nothing. I, I, honestly, I mean backups, backups. I get it. These quarterbacks have egos, so that's one thing you do have to get over is the fact that you are not gonna, not going to be the guy to go in and be the starter. Because obviously, quarterback probably, uh, honestly, that position probably is the most ego of any position because you touch the ball the most and you feel like, hey, if I'm out in there, the field, I can do anything, right? So that part you have to get over. But when it comes, if as long as you get over that, you can have a pretty sick deal being a backup quarterback. Heck, people are talking about Baker Mayfield going to sign somewhere because he's going to be a free agent this year going to be a going to be in a backup and him making 10 million dollars over a few years like that, like that's who thing. wouldn't give their lives their their who wouldn't give their left arm to go be a quarterback and go sit on the bench and practice for a few years and get paid 10 million bucks i would <laughs> anybody would like that's probably one of the easiest jobs in the nfl as long as you're the right guy for the job and like just so and as people say kickers but like you they get paid more than kickers by a lot at least the kickers have to go out in the field, and they're looked at at their worst. At their worst, they're being looked at, and they they have the microscope on them. You, for the most part, as an as a backup quarterback, are looked at when you're next to the starter that just came off the field. That's it. <laughs> Nobody's looking at you, <laughs> unless you have to come in for the starter, and the worst is happening, and then you have to perform. But otherwise, you just have to be a guy sitting there, ready and waiting, and you get paid a pretty penny for it. So that's why those guys are never. You, I, I would be very doubtful that a high-ranking backup in the NFL would ever drop his position there to go be a starter in the XFL or the USFL. It's not going to happen. That, like, that means nothing. Money-wise, it makes no sense. Like, what you'd be paid in the XFL, sixty grand, you're you're making double or triple that just on a weekly basis in the NFL just by sitting on the bench. So that'll never happen unless you find somebody that's really into themselves so much that they cannot they cannot stand to see themselves not on the field, like that it would take an absolute crazy person. Who would do that? Um, let's see. I, I can't think of anybody in the NFL right now because honestly, I think a lot of the backup guys... Okay, comes, I'm cool. I'm cool. They're chilling. Like they're either... They're the guy that's ready, like waiting for their next opportunity, which is going to happen at some point, right? Or they are chilling, knowing what their, what their role is, and they know, hey, I can do this backup quarterback thing for the next 10 years, get a lot of money, and then come out with a lot of money on the other side. Like they, they know. Like those are smart guys. Quarterbacks are smarter individuals in general. I do feel like once they get over the hump of hey, I'm not this, I'm not that guy anymore. 
they can have a pretty fun time being a backup quarterback. Like it just sounds like a pretty cushy job. Yeah. Like I don't have to do much. I, I like I get you to gotta go work s- out. You gotta work out. You gotta do like all the yeah. But all- like that's normal life stuff. Right. I'd probably be working out if I wasn't even if I wasn't a quarterback. Like even if I like if let's say I didn't go to the NFL and I was just like finished college, I'd probably still work out. That's probably ingrained in you at that point. Yeah. You've been spending most of your life having to work out on a five to seven five to seven uh, days a week. So they'd probably be doing that stuff anyway. But honestly, I don't think there's a much cushier job other than potentially going off the football field and going to the NFL, like going to the, like the broadcasting booth. That's the e- probably the easiest thing you could do. But otherwise, like you have a very cushy job doing what you do as long as you do it, you know which what you're supposed to be, and you do it well. Which is why the XFL is never going to like, when it comes to quarterback, I don't think there's ever really going to hit a crazy skill where you're like looking at these guys like, hey, these guys should be playing in the NFL. Like, I just don't think there's going to be that. But at, when it comes to wide receivers, running backs, those are things that can kind of trans- translate pretty quickly. Yeah. Because those are just talents to be like, hey, they could just be guys that are just never looked at in the NFL quite like they should have been. Either a drafting process or guys that are like, for whatever reason, doesn't work out in college, and then you kind of go to the XFL, and then you can uh, show off your talents and then potentially make that jump. But otherwise, it's just uh, oh, and here's the thing about the XFL. There's one rule that I re- that I found out about. That I had no idea about when they kick when you're um, kicking off to the other team, right? If you don't kick past the twenty yard line, so they has to be within the twenty yard line, but it can't get into the red zone in the red zone because they'll start at the thirty five yard line. So if you don't kick up to the twenty yard line of the other side, like if you don't get past that, then you they get the ball to thirty five right away. Or if you kick it out of bounds, so they actually so as a kicker you actually have to hit a pretty much a big it's a big landmark, but you have to be within a certain range because even if you kick it to the red zone, you still have to start at thirty five. So it actually does put a bigger onus on the kickers to, and it also allows more returns as well as well. Even, yeah, because like, then you have to get the ball down the field. It yeah. can't. You can't kick it a certain distance and then it bounce out. Right. I guess, but then that also causes the kicker to be a little bit more accurate. Because let's say you kick it in the end zone and it bam hits it and then then goes out. Then you kicked it within that range. Right. So I guess you get you you'll get some more kickers with like a boom of a leg. So it makes them have to be a little more accurate when kicking. Yeah, and you can't you can't really try to snipe it because if something goes wrong or if you're punting too, you can't punt out of bounds. Like so, yeah. I, those so rules like, have kind of led to hey, you have to have returns. Yes, which it makes it I it makes, it makes it more exciting. a little bit more fun. Yeah, and I was I watched I read a story on it, and the guy was like, I like this league, and it was like because he was like, if anybody's seen the show, um, Last Chance of You, yeah, he was like, it's like that, but it's for everybody. He was like, this entire league, he was like, this entire league has to do good this year or they won't make it. He was like, they can kind of coast off the Rock's name. He's like, but people have to want to watch this league. And he was like, in some ways that does work, but he was like, it almost makes these players, one, play harder. Two, it makes it more interesting to watch because these players are, this is everything to them. This is their last chance. And the harder they push, the more this league can grow. And I was like, no, I completely agree with that and I like that. No, my I actually can to, I totally agree with that, and so okay, and I do think they do have a lot more money behind them. I do think they have a lot more notoriety. So I don't think it's like hey this season or bust. I just I do feel like, but I think they have a lot of momentum, and I feel like they're doing a lot with that momentum right now. And no, and I love it. And I and like when I watch these games, like they're getting people are at the state, people are at these stadiums. They're not. Oh yeah. I like, think it was a Sea Dragons game where there was a whole bunch of people. Right. I'm like, people are going to these games, and I feel like there is a niche to be set. 
because these are spring games where people have nothing. Like, there's some people that are football diehards that have nothing else yeah, to watch. Yeah, but, I like, they fit these times of, oh, it's getting warmer. There's yeah. more people want to go out to do stuff. Baseball really isn't back yet. Like, they're, they're, it really does fit a niche where, like, you they can really— You fit this spot get for the next base. month, month and a half. Right. And then the USFL fits that other spot of the next month, month and a half. So there's, like, two months of there's just bait. There's just football. Yeah. After the the NFL stuff ends, and most people like that because not many people are like diehard baseball fans. Yeah, especially where some of these places are, uh, like the Texas teams are probably going to struggle a little bit more compared to like the Seattle teams. The Seattle teams going to do fine, or the New Jersey teams going to do great because there's no sports there. Right. Uh, some of these teams are to where there's no sports, um, or where like your sports just aren't good. Yeah. <laughs> like the Detroit team. Probably going to do pretty well because the Detroit Tigers suck. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. But, like, teams like those, I think this is – people should pay more attention to the U.S. to the – not the XFL, but the USFL. Cause well, both. Which is both in general. Yeah, because, like, like – there's, there's something to be ha- – if you can get over, like, just like I did, if you can get over the idea that this isn't as high-level football, the, there is some fun to be seen. And I do feel like the owners of these leagues know that. And that's why they have all of these kind of rules that are a little bit more progressive, make the game by, go by a little bit faster. Like the games aren't aren't very long. Like they, I feel like they have a lot of that. They know that they have a hill to climb. So I feel like they're more they're willing, willing to try more things, to try different. Which things. you will end up with the stupid like drone cam the USFL did last year. You'll end up with stupid ideas like that. Yeah, but they're willing to give that a shot. Yeah, and I think them giving a shot like that stupid idea made me watch it more. Yeah, so like them them giving a stupid angle. I started watching it, right? right? So that bad idea still was a bonus. Right. And I think they're at the moment where every idea is a good idea. If we hear it, shoot it. Because even if it's a bad idea, if we get pub- pub- publicity for it, mm-hmm. all publicity is good pub- publicity when you're a new league like this. Right. Yeah, for sure. Even the bad publicity. Yeah. At least people are looking at you now. Uh-huh. Now, people, now since they're looking at you, they're going to pay attention more. Yeah. Stuff like that works. And I want to see these leagues grow and I want to see them change. Compared to like could you name five triple A baseball teams? No. Could you name three double A baseball teams? I think I have one triple A and that's Clippers. And that's pretty much it. Could you name one single A team? Nope. Cool. I think this is, we, we kinda of fit in the we do fit in one demographic where we have one triple A team and that's pretty much it. I know, but it's the idea of let's first off, there's Two triple, there's three triple A teams here in Ohio. There's three. Oh, Cincinnati and then Cincinnati has Cleveland. one. Cleveland ha- Cleveland has a different team up there, and then Columbus, which uh, Cleveland owns this one. Mm. But then the the Yankees own that team up in Cleveland. Do you know that? No, I thought the Yankees owned a different one. No, they used to own the one, I was like the one barn one with like a cow. Remember they played the Clippers one year. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think they switched. I might be wrong on that. I know Cleveland yeah. owns the Clippers, though. It doesn't matter. But it's just the idea of, like, those leagues don't get any funding. No, for sure. Right? I, it, it's it's strictly for development, for sure. Like Tampa. They own the Tampa Bay? It, it's Sorry, it's Scranton. Oh, okay. But, like... The Rail Raiders. Like... Minor league baseball teams get no publicity, and they're fully meant to develop future stars. Yeah. Like, these aren't anybody's. These aren't nobody's. These are future stars. Like, these guys could be pitching on your team tomorrow. True. And I can't name five Clippers players. 
They've been in my in my in Columbus forever. Yeah, they've been owned by three different teams my over my lifespan, and I don't know any of the any of the players. Yeah, not one. Yeah, like that's terrible. That like money isn't funded into these it's leagues. It's not terrible, but I also think there's a lot more movement with those players where that like you have a shot of getting like they. I don't. I, I don't know. I get what you're saying. But I also get like it's gonna be harder because there's so much movement between players that it's gonna be hard for you to like look at a player and be like, oh, this team's been playing for the Clippers for ten years. That doesn't happen like that. People players get traded so often and they move around so much that you just that's the thing. There's lifelong double AAA players. Oh yeah, but I'm saying not for one team. That doesn't change the fact if I've played for seventeen teams and I've never seen the MLB. No, I'm saying yeah, of course that happens. Yes, of course. Like it's and then. These, it's still baseball. That's the that's another problem. The minor leagues ain't different. It's the same thing for sure. Yes. Now there is a there's a big disparity between triple A and double A. There is a huge difference between that, but between triple A more of a talent thing. Yeah. Yeah, but but because those guys are like, these are MLB call ups when they're ready. But but like from triple A to MLB, there's not as big as a difference. There's more star power. Yeah. Like I'm gonna know these guys. Yeah. But it's not a huge difference in overall talent. Right. It's just, I don't understand. Like, I've always had a problem with the MLB farm system because, like, they don't put any money into it. Mm-hmm. And it's Which like, they've started to do a little bit better about that as of Some a teams have. Years. Not every team have. Like, the Pirates, there's no money in it in anywhere in that organization. Like, I can't name Pirates players. You guys are taking all their money home. Exactly. Exactly. Y- y'all don't get fans or, like, the Athletics. Oakland, I don't think are the athletics still in Oakland? Or are they yes. also yes. I think they're also moving though. Um, I think they're still having an issue with like not having a field. So Yeah, because they're they can't upkeep it because no one goes to their games because they're trash. True. True, 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 true. They're yeah. garbage. No, yeah, for sure. But it uh, I don't know, man. I like the XFL, I, I like the USFL. I think they're other they're extra leagues for people to develop. And I think people are gonna develop and they're I think the talent's going to get better as they go along because I think some players, like fourth, fifth-round players, be like, hey, I'm probably not going to get many reps in the NFL, but I can go to these leagues and be a be more of a focal point on a team. Like guys like Stetson Bennett go to the USFL. Uh, he's going to get drafted. Like, I know. As much as we – I know. I know. He's going to get drafted. I know, I know. But out of every quarterback in this draft, he's the worst one. Stop it. That's not the case. Ceiling the floor? He's not the worst. He's not the worst. Ceiling the floor, though. I, I can't. No, he's not the worst. He's All worse right, than Will Let's get Let's get off of you talking about Seth and Bennett. He's worse than Will He has a two-time national championship, so champion, so we kind of have to get off of that at the That's point. your fault. That's your fault. Partially my fault. Yeah. Yes, not hitting the field goal. Yes, I the know. The first time, no, they were dominant. There, no one was stopping them. Second time, that was your fault. No, for No, I have to live with that. That should have been my title. I get that. No, actually, it was my fault, but, you know. So... Real quick, before we get kind of go into some other things we want to talk, I want to talk about here. Scoring, I, I said that offense oh. offenses in the uh, XFL aren't really doing all that great. Do you want to between like you've had two games so far? Do you know which team has the most touchdowns? The DC Defenders. No, it's gonna be the two and zero Roughnecks, right? The DC Defenders has t- four touchdowns total scored this year. Um, the highest amount of touchdowns scored is the Roughnecks. They have with seven. Um, seven. Uh, the Brahmas have five. 
and then you have a bunch of teams at four, and then you have Renegades at two, which I said, how I've already said, my offense is absolute cheeks. We're not how scoring a lot of points. Games? We won one game against you guys, and that was with defensive scores. Oh, yeah. Uh, two, you had like two fumbles. Mm, right. And that's and that, that's offensive scoring. Obviously, if you have other things like defensive scores, then it's not really counted in this stat. But offensively, my team sucks. And then you have the Roughnecks, who it just has a little bit better offensive system. The Brahmas, too, have a little bit better offensive system, which I, from what I can tell. And they're just a little bit more ran cleanly offensively. And I do think... See, we, we say, like, oh, this team has how many? What's the most touchdowns? Seven? Seven. Joe Burrow had seven before game three. Yeah, by himself, and I find that so odd. You're we're talking about offense, even in a bad offense, a Duke could have seven touchdowns by himself, and I, that's just that's really weird to think about. Because I think the offense is where like there's an offense like gap, like one star player to a team like one of those. Even if it's not a quarterback, let's say like you put who's a mid tier running back. Uh, let's say you put a Devin Singletary down there. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely lightning. Well, then that's the thing. If he doesn't have a li- if he doesn't have a doesn't have an offensive line, that's nothing you can do. He doesn't need one. He's that much better than uh, all the rest of the players. No, you definitely need one. If you don't have any blocking, then you're screwed. And I do think that's partially what why scoring is so down. And honestly, when you look at the over unders for a lot of these games, I'm talking I'm talking like team. I'm talking about game totals, right? Yeah, you're talking I like they're usually around thirty five points. Ours, ours was. Ours was 31, and you were looking at it the first session. You were like, they're not getting a 31. I think they ended up like 50-something. Yeah, they magically managed to go over with some defensive scores and they stuff like that. Magically end up going over. But, it was magic. I can't say. Well, it was 6-3 to three at the end of the first half. Right. <laughs> no, it was magic. I will give you that. And it's just with the offensive lines not being that well, not being that well-rounded and being good and having bigger guys, it does, like scoring just all around is pretty much pretty down. Um, do I think that'll get better throughout the season? Potentially, as we watch more games and get, um, teams get more cohesion and stuff like that. But it, I think this the XFL is made for defenses to really. Um, I feel like the diff, like so offenses in the NFL are so much better from team to team. Like offenses are better than defenses, and I feel like it, from the start of the season, defenses have a little bit more. Are, are a little bit more dominant because it takes a little bit longer for offense to really come together and start clicking and really they get their to offense together. Because I feel like on defense, it's more like individual play. It's very quick and see ball, get ball. I feel like it's a lot more simple. I don't know. I, I, I've i always felt like on a defense, individual play shines more. Oh, yeah, for sure, in, in a certain sense. But I also think it's easier from a, on a, from a player, player-to-player scenario that – as a defender, you don't have to worry about the timing of things. You're you're the disruptor, right? And as an offense, you have to be the more creative one and trying to get players open and like having reads of yeah. hey, if this happens, I there's have to go more here. schemes. There's more and schemes. And as a defense, to it. it's more of I just have to watch this player, especially as like a DB. Usually, they're going to be in one on one coverage. At the end of the day, it's see ball, get ball for defenses. Yeah. So at the beginning of the season, you have defenses having a little bit more of an advantage, especially without like the uh, the preseason games now because i think think they only went down like one or two like two or three preseason games and the pretty much the starters never play in those games so anything after that i feel like it just takes a while for offense to catch up but what by the time the offense starts clicking you have the offense pretty much dominating throughout the regular season and then the defense defenses kind of make a a comeback of sorts in the playoffs where the time of play gets slowed down a little bit because you have teams that are like 
um, really trying to make sure they maximize everything. So the pace of play is down. Defenses manage to have a little bit more of access onto, like, have a higher impact onto the games. While when it comes to the XFL so far, defenses has defense has been a big thing, and for teams that even have a lot of a lot of touchdowns, it is the defense are really setting those offenses up to really help them get these touchdowns. So um, the XFL is going to be is looking like a defensive league right now with the offense not looking all that great from team to team. Um, but maybe that'll change throughout the rest of the season. Who knows? So now that we have talked about that, let's get into these uh these report card stuff. Actually, no, the different. I have one other different thing I want to talk about before we get to those report cards. Okay. Um, I'll re- explain that here in a second. But this was a, um, this is a kind of an NFL draft thing. Jalen Carter, who is a top, known as like the top prop, like a lot, a lot of circles, that he's like the top overall player yeah. in this upcoming draft. Um, defensive tackle for the Georgia Bulldogs. He was a star player. He didn't. Really, oh yes, he, yes, 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 yes. He yes, didn't yes. look all that good against the Buckeyes. I have to mention that before we get into this more serious part. He didn't look all all that good then. But he was the best player for the Georgia Bulldogs for the most part these last two years. Yeah. Um, he was a part of a kind of a tragedy that happened when it came to um, a couple players. Had I mean a player and a um, what is a team affiliate or not yeah. a team affiliate, but like a. Uh, a team staffer for the Georgia Bulldogs um, died in a car crash. Uh, it was a couple months ago. Yes. Um, and Jalen Carter was one of the people at the scene, not the site, the scene, but at the, uh, at the scene. Yeah. Um, and so that happened in the night. You know, you have some news come out today. So apparently there is a char- He has now been charged for reckless driving and racing in connection with that crash that killed those two people. Um, and so that's like kind of like the big thing here. So apparently there was obviously alcohol involved and they apparently the from what the police department said that let's see. Apparently it was like really bad. So the uh, so the teams were not sorry. They based on their investigation, they said pretty much that the cars were swerving in and out of lanes, going into oncoming traffic because they were obviously racing. They were at high speeds and all that on top of the fact they were intoxicated. So it was very apparent that 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 race led to them driving a little bit more recklessly on top of the alcohol. So now he has been charged reckless driving in connection to that. And it just kind of sucks because you have some, some news come out like this and he goes from being a top five pick, potentially top 10 pick for sure to now his, his now what should be his, the greatest day of his life when he's, what all that he's been working for throughout his whole life, being a kid now becoming a young man and going about to go into the NFL and realize his dream. It has now been now it's up in question, right? I don't think he's going to stop him from getting drafted. He'll get drafted. No, at some he's point. definitely going to get drafted, but now it changes his money a lot more because being a top 10 pick, you're getting upwards of 30 million yeah, you guaranteed at signing. But now you're like, get dropped like later end of the first round money he'll, changes. He'll get drafted. Absolutely. I'll get, he'll still be a first round draft pick. I just feel like I don't know about first round. I think he might be like no. a, a second round. No, he's too talented. Somebody will, somebody will take that up, right? Because at the end of the day, he's charged with this. I'm not sure if this is going to be something that he's going to end up taking jail time for because he wasn't in the car that they were at those two people that died in the car crash were in. So I'm I can't really say about that. If there's some news that he is potentially going to be like a criminal case and he might take jail time, maybe that'll affect his draft stock a lot more 
But as long as it is not something like that, he will get drafted in the first round. But I feel like it does change his money around a lot. And it just, this brings a whole cloud on this whole thing. Says, you know what? It just, I feel bad, but I also realize that two people lost their lives. So at the end of the, at the end of the day, those two people play, paid the ultimate price, right? So when you have a guy like that that makes it out, I have to, I have to think that even a guy like Jalen Carter, he probably has imposter syndrome in a way that maybe maybe he's had to struggle with the idea that, hey, why did I make it and they didn't? And that could have been something that he probably has been dealing with. And maybe something like this happening, maybe all that bad when it comes to his NFL career, maybe he'll have a little bit of closure on that because everybody has to pay their price. I mean, we, everybody in that situation made a bad decision yeah. and two people lost their lives for it. He managed to make it. Which is good because at least you're alive to kind of deal with those issues. <laughs> I started to laugh about that. Our headphones went off because there was an ad and I didn't turn the volume down. But but yeah, he made it through this whole scenario and now he, ha- he has to pay a price of his own. Um, obviously, it's not with his life, which I'm happy about, but com- in comparison to what those other people had to deal with and the- their families. You got lucky and I think this is a... I, I hope and I truly do because there's guys that do stuff like this and then don't get out of the realm of doing stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, I Joe Mixon um, doing stupid things. Uh, Joe Mixon, different scenario. Joe Mixon is like he hurt people. I know. And that's the problem is he did it before draft night. He still got drafted. Yeah. He got lucky and he was good for a couple of years. Bad decision was still made. Yes. And then he makes another bad decision. Right. Uh, similar to the one he he's already made, right? And okay. it's like you were so good for so long, right? And it takes a, it's a split second decision that I hope if he gets the same decision in the future he doesn't make. Yep. And I do wish the best because you do you did get lucky. It could have been you, right? And of course we wish it on nobody, but you got lucky, and I think you need to take advantage of this and change how you go about your life, like because you are losing a part of this it this is going to be the biggest day of your life and i won't doubt if you don't get booed let's just there's be a definite storm cloud around this like yes they, and i think you deserve that storm cloud and it's going to be something hard to deal with because you're trying to be an nfl player and you're trying to you're making an adjustment you're probably moving away from where your home is you're going to a whole new area with all new people you've learned a bunch of new stuff that's going and to something be like hard. this is going to be behind something like this is baggage on you. Yes, and, and when they talk about you on draft night, when somebody this will is gonna, draft this you, is going to be the first. Thing that's going to be the first thing they talk about, and, and you next. have to be okay with living with that. And this is going to this is going to cloud your entire first year. This going this is probably be a cloud the rest of his life. I feel exactly. like this is something that's and this is something that him. you as a person, even if you don't turn out to be a great NFL player, as a person, you got to learn. From you him. need to make better decisions in the future you need to become a better person because of this mm-hmm. which i can't we can't say whether he was on the verge of maybe he was doing that already of course but you have but, but like, you have to say if like you were doing this already the piper was coming to be paid like yes. i feel like he didn't necessarily pay his price but an ultimate now pi- he's price was to. paid and you were involved in that and you got lucky you didn't have to pay that right you have to now pay the price of you have to now live with that yep and, and now you have with to, the repercussions of it going yeah, on for the rest of your life. Because exactly. this is going to cloud the rest of your life. Yeah. If I was to look up your name right now, you could get drafted. You could be an all-star. If I look up your name at any point, it would be one of the first stories that pop up. Yeah. No, for sure. It could be five years later from now. And yeah. it will always be a part of your life. You yep. need to learn from it. And when people look at you, they need to see that you've grown from that. Yep. That is what happens when something like this 
occurs. You have to get better. Yep. You have to change. And I just hope he changes for the better, and I hope this doesn't cloud his life. Because I'm guessing right now it's probably all barreling down on him. Yeah. Even after he did he did see something like that, it's probably very hard, and I do wish him the best. But I also wish that you learn and understand from your mistakes. Yep. No, yeah, for sure. Not even, I just... Honestly, I hope people that watch this whole scenario have learned. From, like, I hope people, just re- regular like people, going, can look yes, at that situation and be like, future, "Hey, same thing." Like, I think of like with Henry Ruggs. I, you didn't. He didn't learn. He had to deal with something like that and made that decision. Ended up making that same decision and killing somebody. And yeah. now he has to live with that. Not only does he have to live with that, now he's in jail for a very long time. Yes, living with that every day, you ruin this for yourself after dealing with something like that. Now you made that same mistake. He didn't learn from it and got worse. Right. And I wish that people would just learn from their mistakes and their decisions. And learn from other people that make those mistakes, yes, too. Yes, you see it. There's freaking martyrs for it all the time. You see it everywhere. You have to understand and learn from your decisions. Yep. Not even that, like you're an adult. And even if you you weren't an adult when this occurred, you should learn for it, learn from it going into your adulthood. Adulthood. Yeah, I know. I said heard adulthood. <laughs> I just I I wish no. It's best. a it's I a do. it's a very very good message from you, and that I think we both kind of share in that in that whole thing, because something bad happened. Um, he made it out, and I hope that he can learn from that and potentially be a conduit for change when it comes to that kind of stuff. Because that's a sit. It's crazy how that simple decision is something that some so many people would say no to, uh, or on the back on the backside of it and say, "Hey, I wouldn't do that." But let's be honest: there's a lot of people that make that same mistake, manage to make it out, and nobody get hurt, and they're like, "Oh, it was a great time." But like, honestly, there's so many other ways that could have gone, and I just for Jalen Carter and for those two people that ultimately perished and lost their lives, it just went a different way. So. Getting off of that, we'll talk about more draft stuff as the draft week ends up starting. I think on tomorrow will be the quarterbacks throwing, um, and that'll be a very big thing. And, you know, it's funny is that quarterbacks are throwing. There's one guy who's not. Yeah. Do you want to say who that guy no, is? No, go ahead. Just your thing. <laughs> You're excited about it. Go ahead. <laughs> so it is usually a thing where um, quarterbacks, especially the highest ranking quarterbacks, aren't really they don't really have to they don't have to throw it is one of those things you have a decision on you don't have to run um you get pretty much when it comes to the combine because combine is like a a so pretty much most of the teams in the nfl come to this one location in indianapolis they come um they do the they do the weigh-ins they do all the physical stuff and then they also do the combine stuff so that is like the throwing the they're running the 40 yard dash there's the shuttles and there's all these different special based on the player that you are obviously um and then you have the meetings as well which is probably like the most important thing along with the medical stuff and then you have the players pretty much get to decide especially if you're a high-ranking guy that you're not gonna really lose anything um you can choose whether you want to throw or not especially as a quarterback and for all we know as of right now you have cj stroud's gonna be throwing in this in this uh and the funny thing is you're throwing to random receivers. So you're throwing to whatever receivers were also invited to the invited to this whole uh, ordeal cor- combine. Right. So it's not necessarily going to be the cleanest. And you all these quarterbacks will have their own pro day where they're throwing to their own receivers that they're used to. And they have their own scripts. So they also have that, too. Um, so but it, I think this year it's a little bit different because a good portion of the top quarterbacks that are pretty much going to be in the top probably in the first round have decided to throw. C.J. Stroud is throwing. Um, um, 
why they're bringing their names now. You have Richardson from Florida. He'll be throwing. You oh, don't have forget Will Levis. Will Levis from Kentucky. He'll be throwing. That's a Bennett. Stetson, oh, yeah, he's definitely throwing. He has no other choice. Or he's going to be a banker if he doesn't throw. Um, <laughs> you think he has the choice? <laughs> Sorry. You think he's going to be a banker. I was like, you know, he does kind of look like a banker. <laughs> oh, you're rude. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Um, <laughs> a little bit. I was rude. <laughs> okay. Um, and then you have... <laughs> Okay, I said Will Levis, I said C.J. Stroud, and I said Richardson. There's one quarterback that is not going to be throwing in this year's combine, um, and that is Mr. Bryce Young. Bryce Young, yes. Well, I don't know why I'm forgetting his name in the moment here. You did blank. Very short guy, 5'10", 5'10 and a half. There's been a lot of, been a lot of news about his, his size and his stature, and but a lot of people call him, say, if he, hey, if he was 6'2", everybody would look at him like he's the next Andrew Luck. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and all that but unfortunately some the one thing he cannot control is the how tall he was born to be and and honestly his frame so apparently like throughout most of the um, Alabama season he was playing at around 180 to 190 um, and because of that slight frame I there's a lot of people in the NFL that are having trouble reconciling as talented as he is can he be a guy that can be that short and that slim not have a lot of weight, and then let's be honest, he is not necessarily the fastest player. He is not Kyler Murray out there, no, right? No, he's not. Not necessarily his game, but he is kind of like a point guard. If you're like gonna say he's like a basketball player, he's kind of like Steph Curry, where he's gonna be out there, he's gonna make the little magical play if he can, and he's gonna be able to get the ball out. And he's really just a good distributor. He can throw. Like I'm not saying he can't. He can do all the other things. But as an NFL player, when you have a lot of these guys being the strongest, the fastest, these defensive ends are going to be twice as big as this dude, and they're going to be coming after him, trying to take him out as fast as possible. Yeah, like that's a lot of weight bearing down on you if you're not that big. And Kyler Murray, for as small as he is when it comes to height wise, he walks around at 207. Like he is a he has a thick build for his size. I I, I said it. He's stout. I guess it's probably a better word to say, but I said it. it he's thick. Um, with a lot of C's. Um. <laughs> Bryce Young is not. So with all that, everybody's saying, hey, if he's at 195, it'll make me feel better. But I'm like, yeah, but he's been getting ready for the combine for months. And I'm like, will dude, he be look, able to re- maintain? Like, there's not much we, we can really say about it. He's just a smaller guy. <laughs> will he be able to maintain that type of weight throughout our NFL season where no. he's playing and practicing all the time? I don't think he's going to be able to. So in a, as an NFL team going to be able to draft him, you're going to have to reconcile whether you're going to be okay picking a guy outside of – not only a size range that you usually get, because he'd be the first guy at that size coming in the NFL and playing, especially at the quarterback position. So, and especially since he's not the athlete that a guy like Kyler is, like you pretty much have to hope that he is going to be on the same trajectory as Drew Brees. That's your only chance. Like you, you pretty much have to say that this guy will be the next Drew Brees. And that is, and when it comes to comps, like you can look at CJ or you can look at Will Levis and you look at Richardson and say they can be one of these players, right? Based on their skills and what how big they are, you you have comps for them. But when it comes to when it comes to Bryce Young, Drew Brees is your only option. And are you willing to take a top pick of yours as an NFL team and stake your future on the idea that this guy's gonna be the next Drew Brees? That is something that you're going to have to reconcile. And I think also because he's not throwing in this, I, I my only thing as to why he would not throw, because he's not injured. 
Um, why would he wait for his pro day when everybody else is deciding to throw? I just think he doesn't want to look short with all the other quarterbacks on that field. Um, you're talking big quarterbacks. CJ Stroud, 6'2". You, you got Richardson at like 6'3". You have uh, Levis. He's like a 6'3 quarterback too. Levis, Levis is pretty tall. He's a tall guy as well. I think it doesn't help help your help your draft stock if you're looking playing with these. You come and take the ball after the CJ Stroud just threw, and you're three They're looking four at you tall. like, hey, yep. hey, this one don't look re-. like, especially if like, let's say like you're, you guys are standing in line and it's like you're four normal inches shorter, height, normal height, normal height, and then he's like sitting at like There's five, five, eight, five, nine. Exactly, you will notice he's five ten. They're saying five ten and a half. Cap is that with cleats? Potentially five ten and a half. They're saying he's five ten and a half. You're lying. He's five ten. And That's and a half. what they're saying. That's what they said, and I think. That's probably with cleats. I think when he goes and does it at the draft, I don't think he's there to make him take his cleats off. So he's going to measure around top five, ten and a half. But I feel like even with on this field with the other guys, when they're throwing, I feel like there's going to be a difference and it doesn't help his draft suck. And as of right now, he is a top five pick. He's not getting outside the top five. Like somebody's going to pick him up. So all that being the case, I feel like he has nothing to gain by being at the draft at the uh, combine throwing. But I also think it makes all those other quarterbacks that are going out there to throw look a lot better in the situation because you're going out there at kind of a disadvantage. You don't have all your wide receivers. You don't have a script. Like, you you have to go out there and spin it. And I do give credit to those other quarterbacks to say, hey, I want to go out here and compete. And that's like, at the end of the day, you're football players. That's what you're meant to do. You're, yeah. you're out there competing. And with those guys willing to do that, it just makes it look a little bit off that Bryce Young is not doing so. Yeah, it does. So that happens tomorrow, so I will be watching that before our next podcast. We'll probably broadcast either Friday or Saturday. Um, so I want to make sure we talk about that. The running backs, we will talk about 40 times if anybody's really fast. Um, and we'll kind of get into some of the draft stuff. We'll kind of come at it come at it with uh, what our teams are looking for and who we think would be good picks for our team at what spots we're at. Um, I know Jace probably won't be as excited about that because he won't. He'll be waiting a long time oh, for his I team. I hate waiting. I have we to waited wait. all that time just for Dax, and it'll be garbage. Dude was cheeks. Oh, you know there's all year. You know there's like some like little bit of noise, right? It's kind of insane for this to be talked about. <laughs> Apparently, there is some noise about potentially Dallas. I think. Let me see where Dallas picks that right. Which doing what? Screwing something up. No, 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 no. Something much more uh, nuclear than that. Um, they are saying that. <laughs> uh, let's see. I just want to make sure I have the uh, have the pick right. Dallas, who picks at pick twenty six. Yeah. They are saying that there is a ch- potential chance that Dallas will be willing to try to trade up to, to get a quarterback and let Dak walk. Oh, it's crazy because they're at 26. So I don't think they'd have to give up a lot to trade up from 26. Like they wouldn't be able to get into the top 10. Like they'd have to be in like the 10 to 15 range. They can trade up into. They'd have to give up a lot though. They'd have to play pull like a Kansas city type of thing. So all that being the case, I just, they'd have to go up a lot. But the fact they'd be willing to go up on Dak after they just paid the guy. And like, you'd be paying the stiff, a hefty price when it comes to your cap. If you trade a guy like that away, but it's just crazy that in this kind of day and age, you kind of hear some things about, hey, as much as he's your quarterback and you paid him already, even crazy news like that, which I don't think is ever going to happen, is getting out and where people are really talking about it. But let's just say, is there a quarterback you take in this draft? I, I would take probably two of them. I'd take Bryce Young over Dak right now. I'd take C.J. Stroud, obviously, over Dak right now. 
Because not only because they're younger, but I do think they've shown more when it comes to throwing the football in a way that Dak hasn't. But just a funny news story to come out I'm about the. With you, bro. I'm the wrong person to talk about Dak. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a fan either. I... Y- y'all know this. Uh, oh, I'm... oh yeah, for sure. Let him go. Let him go. He bad. Okay. Uh, All right. So now let's get off the draft thing. We'll talk about it as we go on this week. Um, on to these NFL team report cards. Um, this is something that came out today. Oh, God. Um, apparently, the NFLPA um, talks to, and they said, 1,300 players. And they they asked these players to kind of rank, um, not rank, but grade um, these NFL teams based off of one, two, three, about seven different criteria and give them a grade A through F. Okay? Mm-hmm. Obviously, including pluses and minuses and stuff. And so... And then they kind of brought all this together, and now they have a – they release it all to the public. Like, this is not something that just just for the players. And apparently they have this on their, like, their calling card before you uh, can look at the rankings that they're like, hey, this is for our, our players to kind of get an idea of, like, how these teams are looking, especially before free agency, which happens in the next few weeks, um, so they can have that information based off of what their peers say. Um, first off, I'm not sure if they're talking to current players about this. If they're talking to past players for these teams about this, because if you're a player that just got dropped from that team and they come and ask you, hey, hey, Tommy, you just got dropped from the Kansas City Chiefs last week. How, how do you grade them based off these scenarios? It's probably not going to be I, very good. I don't think they're going to be very happy <laughs> to give a, a passing grade to that team. OK, no, yeah. So all that being the case, I'm just like, I kind of question the validity of this. Um, Not to mention, it's just do these players really take it seriously? Because at the end of the day. A lot of these players do so much on their own that the stuff at the facility really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, just a lot of questions I have. Is there a team that you would like to know about first? The Bengals, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what else would? You, what? Where do you? What was I going to answer? The Broncos? What? I don't All care. Right, I'm going to give you your rankings here. Okay. For treatment of families, oh, I'll, I'll, let me say the let me say the categories first. Treatment of families, mm-hmm. food service fl- slash nutrition, yeah. weight room, mm-hmm. strength coaches. Training room, training staff, um, locker room, and team travel. Those are like the, those are the categories. Okay. okay. You want me to tell you st- one category by category? Yeah. Treatment of families. Your team gets an F. Why? Tied for last. Apparently, they're one of fourteen teams that don't offer a family room, and one of eleven teams that don't offer daycare. Dang, bro. You're not offering daycare for your players, bro? That's kind of crazy. Um, food service, you get an F-. They're one of three teams in the NFL that doesn't provide dinner plans, dinners for players. One of only two teams that don't provide vitamins for players. And you're the only team that doesn't provide supplements to players at all. And apparently 71% of players say there's enough room in the cafeteria for all this. Um, players report they are encouraged to come in on their off days and work out. And prepare for the game. However, the cafeteria is not open on those days. <laughs> so players can't even grab a banana before working out. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, the weight room, you're given a B plus. Um, strength coaches, you're given a uh, A. Um, training room, you're given a D minus. Okay. Why? <laughs> 91% feel like they have enough ACTs for, for staffing, um, athletic trainers, and then the 79% feel they have enough PTs. So... Physical trainers. Um, there's a there is a steam room. Eighty nine percent felt it was big enough. Like that's why does that matter? There is a sauna. Um, there are tubs. Twenty three percent of players feel like they have enough hot tub space. 
ranked 31st, apparently. And 53% of players feel like they have enough cold tub space. 27th in the league. Training staff, you're given an A. <clears throat> Locker room, you get a D. 94% of players feel like they have enough space, but players feel that the locker room desperately needs to be renovated. Many showers and toilets don't work, and lockers do not have, out- have outlets for players to charge devices. <laughs> they need a place to charge your cell phones, people. Come on. And tablets. Let's let- Come on. You need to have a spot for that. Come on. And team travel, C+. Um, 80% of players feel like they have enough room to spread out. No roommate. <clears throat> no roommates when it comes to... Um, places to stay at the hotels and there's a good amount of first class seats cool cool I guess since we went on your team let's go to my team this will be fun right mm-hmm. I feel like yours would be pretty good uh, yeah, you'll be surprised okay <clears throat> I'm gonna get to the worst team facilities ever so overall rank 22nd I think you your guys you rank 20 uh 29th or something like that. Okay. So, cheer to families. I got a D minus. Um, we do not offer ga- daycare on game day. Why? Why? Real quick. We Some of these things don't matter. We offer daycare? <laughs> no, I feel like they do matter. On game day. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. I, like, I some that. of these guys do need daycare. Like, a lot of guys come into the league with kids. With no baby mamas, and then they don't have family to do. I I, I get this is it's a tough situation. Well, like think about like, it. You're moving a city, right? I guess. Yeah. And let's say your girlfriend still does have a job, right? Or let's say she's still in college, but y'all have a three year old. But he, the that three year old's with you. You know why he's with you? Cause she in college. Okay. <laughs> and the team's like, no, we can't watch your kid. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with him? Put him in daycare. Cool. Daycare's over at three. We practice till nine. Heck, what am day, I doing with Sunday. my son? No daycares are open. Like, what am I doing with my son? Oh, oh heck, well, well, let alone a Thursday night. Well, no more problem. Whoa, whoa. Dude, I have to go to Denver tomorrow. <coughs> am I just going to leave my three, three-year-old here with my dogs? Like, Okay, I get that. No, that is absolutely atrocious. That We we don't offer that at all. I don't, I don't all of my players don't have kids now. And our team is one of 14 teams that do not offer family room at the stadium. No family room. You too. Cool. Food service, we're given a B plus. Um, we have enough room in the cafeteria, according to 60% of players. Uh, and then apparently, we have all three meals provided a day. So we're, we're making sure our players are eating, unlike somebody. Um, and our weight room is given a C. Um, 70% of players feel like they have enough strength coaches. Um, strength coaches is given an A minus. Um, we have really good strength coaches. Really good. Um, training room, we're given a D minus. Apparently, we don't have 79% of players feel like they have enough athletic trainers. Uh, and 62% they feel like they have enough uh, physical trainers. Which is, again, I just, again, we'll talk about this after. Um, 85% feel like um, there is a steam room and it's big enough. And we are one of six teams that do not offer a sauna. Come on, get a sauna in there, guys. Come on. We're the Steelers here. We're first class organization. Apparently not. Okay. Players don't feel that way, I guess. Even though players that are here love it. I don't I don't know. They don't complain about that kind of stuff, but all right. Um we have enough tub space. We have enough hot and cold tub space. Good good on that. Um B plus for the training staff. We are apparently we they moderately add to the success. Um 
most teams rated their training staffs positively, which is why a B plus is at tied for 22nd. So that apparently is good. D plus for the locker room. Um, 80% of players feel like they have enough space in the locker room, which is oh, okay. All right, fine. Maybe get a little better there. Um, team travel is given a B. We have enough. They have enough room to spread out. No roommates. Um, limited number of first class seats made available to the players. So that's a little bit of a struggle, but overall 20, 23rd, not the 22nd, not the greatest, but let's just go. Okay. So we got, we went for our teams, right? Let's just go to the team that won the Super Bowl last year, right? You have to think they're very happy. Um, they just won the Super Bowl. So when they, when they have stuff like this come out, like they have a lot of positive things to say. How you're saying it's just showing me how bad it is. <laughs> Oh, go ahead. Let me hear it. Kansas City Chiefs are ranked 29th. Out of oh, my teams. God. Where, <laughs> where are the Bengals ranked again? I think this is 27th for the Bengals. I assumed we were bad, though, because, you know, we're just. um Overall, you guys were given 27th. Yeah, I had it right. All right, Kansas City. They've been given a B for treatment of families. Apparently, they offer family. Oh, yeah, of course. Patrick Holmes' uh, brother has to be somewhere, right, at the games. um yeah, And wife. Ruining it for everybody else. Apparently, they are also don't have daycare. <laughs> My God, is that that's not that hard? Uh, so a D plus for food. Um, they're <laughs> only fifty players. Fifty percent of players say there's enough room in the cafeteria. C plus for the weight room. Um, A minus for the strength coaches. D plus for training room. Um, and then you have a D minus for training staff. Bang. A D minus for locker room. Bang. Team travels an F. Dang. 59% of players feel like they have enough room to spread out. One of six teams that makes young players have roommates. Can I guess who's the lowest team? <sighs> you want to know? Can I guess? Um, yeah, go ahead. Give you the Raiders. No, Raiders are among the top five. How? But okay. Uh, give me the Panthers. Um, why can't I read? That's always fun. Carolina Panthers. Okay. Um, Panthers are ranked 12th, actually. Okay. You know what's funny is that the worst teams mm. have to try harder, so they have to have all these amenities for oh, these players. Oh, so it's, one of, it's, it's a better team. Is it a better team that's the worst? Apparently, it's looking that way. Like, the Raiders are in the top five. Okay, so I'm guessing probably the better. Eagles the Eagles are pretty high, though. I will say the Eagles are pretty okay, high. Okay, wait, wait. So the worst, right? Yeah. Um. Look at nothing. Go ahead. Who's it? Let's see. All right. I'm just kind of taking a stroll here, looking at some of the worst. So Kansas City already mentioned that. Who is the worst, though? Who's uh, 32nd? Um. So, Washington. Easy. Oh, well, I don't. Man, dang it. <laughs> I could have guessed that. <laughs> I forgot they existed. They're bad and they're bad at their players. <laughs> yeah, I could have guessed that. <laughs> that should, that should, that's an easy one. Rank I, everything. F. Um, so Is it F across the board? No. So they have an F for treatment of families, D plus for food service, um, C plus for weight room. Strength coaches, A plus. Tied for first. It's funny because their team never really does all that well. Oh, you know, some players do well. Um, the training room is an F minus. Um, training staff is a D. Locker room is an F minus, and team travels an F minus. I don't know what I expected. 
what is an F minus for travel means? Uh, not enough space. Um, they want more personal space, uh, better and bigger lockers, and more bathroom space. Oh, for travel, they don't have enough room to spread out. One of six teams that makes their young players have roommates. One of seven teams that don't offer any of their players first class seats. I mean, Scary Terry's not in first class? Why do you sign a contract with you? I don't understand. Because I paid him a couple million. He could take his own plane. Well, they have to they have to go with the team. That's a, literally a team rule. Unless you're Tom Brady. Mm. It going to the wedding. I know, but if I'm scary to get on this plane, hey, I'm not sitting in the economy. Uh, apparently, they don't get first class seats. That, that sucks. Sucks for them. Like, players should get it first. Like, they, you know, they do the work on the field, you know? Without them, the coaches aren't any, there's nobody for the coaches to coach, but, it, you know, see how that goes. Um, Yeah, Washington's the worst. Who's second? Let's see. Um, it's like, is it Green Bay? <laughs> it might be, actually. I, I was just now, like, actually kind of thinking about it. A Green Bay could be the second worst. Let's see. Oh, they're going to be, like, going to be third best. <laughs> actually, Green Bay's not bad. There are A's and B's in every, everything. Jesus, bro. I knew my Bengals were bad because we, in- we just got an indoor facility, and we are not a warm state year round. Yeah, Green Bay's sixth. I knew it. I knew it. I knew they'd be high. Bro, I knew it. God, I, I expect my Bengals to be low because my organization Ooh, is cheap. Cardinals are bad. How bad? Oh, I expected that. Cardinals 31st. That's number two. How are you? Go ahead. They got an F at treatment of facilities, F at food service, F minus in weight room, A in strength coaches. Training room was F minus. Okay, real quick. That don't make sense. You can't have a bad training room, but good strength coaches. I felt, But they said the tra- strength coaches was like one of those that everybody got a decent grade on. Um, training staff B plus locker rooms and F team travels a B plus, but yeah, they're thirty first. <laughs> Who is number one? Uh, number one, you're looking at. Ooh, I think it's the Cowboys. <laughs> the Cowboys. The number. Oh one no, the Cowboys are fifth. Oh, who's number one? Um. Uh, it doesn't really have like an in order. Yeah. I think this is the Raiders in the top five. They Raiders are third. Okay. Oh, it might be Miami. Ooh, happy a good one. Miami second. Oh, come on, who's number one? Um, let's see. It's gonna be like Detroit. There's no way it can be Detroit. I don't know. I feel like Detroit values their players a lot. A, B. I'm not seeing anybody that, like, obviously. Eagles, potentially? No. Check the tech, check the lines. You really think so, huh? Yeah. I'm, like, 90% sure. Nah. We're They're the 15th. Uh, they got D- minus in food service and training room. Yeah. Okay. I th- We had a little bit of fun with that. All right. Cool, cool. Okay, is there any other thing I really want to talk about here? I kind of we went through all that. It was fun. I'm not gonna lie, that was actually a pretty decent exercise there. Uh, oh, and um, um, NBA. LeBron, foot injury. He'll be he's gonna be out for an extended period of time. Who cares? It, it was just funny because the I Lakers know. are talked about. Hey, they should they got to make the play in and all that. I know. And like, but now it's they the have idea of 80s already missed 26 games this year. LeBron, I think they said with these next few games, this he'll be over the hundred game threshold for games missed since he's becoming a Laker. Exactly, and eighty's well over that. 
it's just that team's too injury prone. I think it like I I don't know who was r- ranking the top ten duos, but like LeBron and AD were sixth, and I think and he was like if not injured, they're top they're t- they're top three. He was like, but they're always injured. So they can't be top three. Well, LeBron is understandable because obviously he's thirty eight years old. No, LeBron's older, so he's so his injury's gonna last. AD's not even thirty. AD's a glass cannon. Uh, yeah. But like, I was looking at his list, and his list was actually fire. He had Dallas tenth on that list of duos, and he was like, they, he was like, they don't play defense. They don't, and apparently they're one in four since Kyrie has gone uh, to the Dallas Mavericks because they traded away their defense. Spencer Dinwiddie played defense. Not only that, I also think it does – it's kind of been like trading the basketball away. And apparently there's like a stat that in the fourth quarters of these games, including overtime, Kyrie has like 40-something shots, and then Luka has like 14. And like the five games they played together. So it's just like – it just seems like the ball isn't being evenly distributed between the two. And I just feel like it's just a, a my ball, his ball type of thing. And it feels like they're giving Kyrie a lot of trust in this scenario, and I feel like – Luca's getting like the shaft when it comes to he's still the young guy that's still making some some bad decisions. So I feel like he's taking an L for that, even though he's the best player on that team. And in order to kind of send a message. So all that being the case, you decided to have to Nobody like nobody with the right in their right mind thought that that would really work. It can't work. That cannot <clears throat> work. They both need the ball to play. And I'm be real. If I had to pick one, like Kyrie's shooting above 50% right now, so he's shooting good. It's just y'all taking the ball from Luka, and then y'all can't score consistently. At the defense isn't isn't good enough. There's no defense. Another one was, I think, Jamal Murray and Jokic were seven, and they were seven because he was like, I'm not sold on Murray. He was like, Jokic is a great big man, and he can pass, and he has handles. He's like, he's great. Murray scores about 20 points a game, and he's like, but in the big moments, Murray does not show up. And with that, he needs to to where they can be a great, a great duo. Uh, then he, I think, fourth was Darius Garland and um, Donovan Mitchell. He was like, Garland is a rising star, and Donovan Mitchell is having his best statistical year. He was like, they are a great duo. He was like, as soon as Garland gets a little bit better, they'll be number one easy. I don't remember number one. Uh, I could probably find it, though. Uh, continue on. So, when it comes to basketball, right? Lamelo's Lamelo's gonna be hurt. He's out for the season, rest of the season. So Charlotte's pretty much out of anything. Yeah. <laughs> we just like so the NBA, right? So they have they only have about so many games. Left. I think it's like around like twenty games left for pretty much most of the teams, right? After All Star break, you have a lot of teams. I think in the in the West, like you have. A bunch of teams vying for a few spots. You have like, there's like a cutoff. So you have the top three teams, and then you have pretty much everybody else is kind of like between three or four games of each other. Um, so the West is going to be a little bit more of a fight when it comes to here to the end of the season. Um, which is why the Lakers, even though they're like they were like five games out of for uh under five hundred when they were at the All Star break, they felt like they still had a chance, especially with the piece that they got. But then you also have teams like the Warriors who are very hurt right now. Not a lot of players missing. They're going to be falling down a little bit. You have freaking the uh, – um, you have Oklahoma City not really doing well with Shea Gildress-Alexander not playing well. Like, so you have a lot of in trailblazers like holding on, but they're really not playing all that great despite uh, 
Love Murphy Dame playing out of his mind as of recently. And the East is kind of like the East is kind of holding up too. I just feel like there's a lot of things going on, so it's just it's just a mad dash for the rest of the season. And the Bulls are playing okay, but they're sitting around the play-in. Hopefully, they can do something in the playoffs, but I doubt it at this point because this is how it goes for the Bulls. Um, but it's just it's just a different scenario when you have a guy like LeBron not playing, um, not able to play. Because he's been a fixture in this league for so long, and now injuries are really starting to hit him. Apparently, he's been nursing a foot injury since like January, and like he's been holding on all this time, and now he's had to miss some extended time. So when you have a guy like that missing extended time, and you have Lakers again missing the playoffs, I feel like it just you just lose a little bit of luster there because that's just like a as even though LeBron's thirty eight, they really weren't going to win anything in the playoffs. But it's just one of those. Names that you just, everyone wants to talk about. All right, uh, I just watched the other half of that list. It was made by Colin. Um, what's his name? Colin Coward. Yeah. Uh, that that top five. That top five was atrocious. There was no James Harden or Joel Embiid, and they definitely are a top ten duo. Uh, but but is he is he talking about how they're playing right now? Or yeah. Just uh, so guess they said Harden hasn't been playing. Guess who number one is. Yeah. Guess who number one was? Um, let's see. Tatum and Brown. No. Who? It was Clay and Curry. When that went healthy, yeah, I don't see why not. They're not healthy. See, he made an argument with LeBron and AD. They're never healthy. Clay and Curry, as of recently, neither they they're never healthy at the same time. They got lucky last year, and they were both healthy at the same time, and they were both hot, and they both played well. Uh-huh. I don't think both of them have been on the court for together for like 20, 30 games. You've not seen both of them. Maybe. Number one is atrocious. <laughs> Never make a list again. Though That top five sucked. At five, it was Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. I like that. They're both defensive stars. They're both scoring 22 a game. Mm-hmm. Bam's having the, some of the best years of his life Jimmy plays hard basketball and he gets dinged up and he is an older player but absolutely I agree with them at number five uh but like the rest of the list kind of bad okay Giannis and uh Middleton were three. Oh, Not Giannis and Holiday were three Gian- Giannis was uh on he apparently he was doing some type of media thing and he said that he could teach Kevin Durant about leading his own team to a championship I didn't see that um I just don't know if you're Giannis why you would say something like that. I'm just like it's a dead it's beating a dead horse. I just feel like the Kevin Durant thing you're just beating a dead horse at this point because I just think anyway with the brain looked at when he was on the Golden State Warriors even though he wasn't the emotional leader of that team he was the best player on the court and he matter. was he won the Finals MVP of those games. It doesn't matter without him they weren't winning those titles. It doesn't matter. It'll never be your team. He can never lead a team. He isn't the leader for a team. That's why he went to Phoenix. Because he doesn't have to be the leader. He had to be the leader in Brooklyn. It didn't go well. He couldn't keep it together. No, I think the problem was him and Kyrie are best friends, and he didn't feel like it was his. He didn't feel like it was his place mm-hmm. to hold Kyrie back or keep him doing. But then again, by him giving Kyrie that trust, also led to Kyrie making those exactly. decisions that ruins the team. He can't make the decision that's best for the team. He can't lead the team. I just feel like there's different ways to lead, and I feel like that and idea that you have to be you have to be the rah rah guy, and you have to be the guy that like has a hand on the whole franchise, like kind of like LeBron has, is that's the only way to lead. I feel like there's different ways to lead, and I feel like and when it comes to basketball, 
when it comes to basketball, KD is a leader. He cool. plays every cool. game that's necessary. He doesn't take time off unless he's Basketball's truly Basketball half the battle. There's off-court stuff you have to do with the team. And I don't think I've even seen him talk to his teammates. This is a problem even back Nobody when, has spoken bad about KD at all. When they if they don't know KD. He don't talk to them. You're you're making him Kawhi. Are, are you getting those two mixed up? Because Kawhi, Kawhi is a different story. Huh? Kawhi can lead a team fine. When? He's currently doing it. He led the Raptors. He didn't lead the... No, he was a mercenary who got he got traded mercenary. in that year. That's a good one. He got traded in. The, the culture was already there. Kyle Lowry was leader of that team. And... He got Kawhi got to come in and just be the best player, and they won a championship. There's different ways to lead. You don't necessarily have to be How everything. Katie lead? leads on the court. He play. He leads out on the court by the way he plays, and he does it by example. Him leading on the court is what caused Brooklyn to break up because he wasn't leading off the court too. No, that's that's not his fault. That's not just his fault. I can't say he t- has no blame. Whatever. But I, I, I can don't just talk about Katie. I'm gonna wrote you. I don't want to talk about Katie. Let's skip this. So you're saying there's only one way to lead? I'm, 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 let's get off the KD topic. But I'm saying when it comes to being a leader, there's only one way to lead. I feel like there's different ways to lead when it comes to in general, right? Like if there's there's different ways to lead, I feel like you can't necessarily blame somebody for being different than somebody else. I'm not blaming him for that. I'm blaming him that he's not a good leader. He has to go places where he doesn't have to lead because that's what he's good at. He's good at not leading. He's good at. He's a good basketball player. He's a terrible leader. He's a great basketball player and. I don't care what you would have great, good. It is the same thing. He's a terrible leader. He has to go somewhere where the cultures are already established. You're right. Like Kawhi, where he went to Golden State, where there was a culture established. And then he went to Brooklyn trying to establish his own culture. Couldn't do it. He couldn't lead that team. He went sure, with his best friend. He led friend. on the court. Who? By himself? He didn't lead with Harden. He didn't. There was no Harden on that court with him. There was no Kyrie on the court with him. He was by himself. And there was no culture in Brooklyn to be made because he don't make culture. You He's don't a, have to be he, the guy to make a culture in order to be the and best that's player. And why do he goes to, do. to teams who have established cultures, who have established leaders. He don't lead because he can't do it. You, but you can lead who in different ways. Who's the leader ways, of the I would say Chris Paul. Uh huh. Chris Paul leads on the court too. But guess what? Chris Paul was. The other time he was the leader on the court, it's been terrible, which is why he's never won anything in his career. He's never won anything because he's always had to go up against a better team than him. Yeah, but also his like teammates he that he led, would talk, like, with, like talk he to, led in most of them hate him because he, he leads differently. Teammates hated Jordan, right? But he yeah. led on and off that court. Yeah. And teammates hated him for it. Yeah. Chris Paul led in Charlotte. He led in... He led in uh, uh, LA? LA, yes. Sorry, I was trying to say the which team it was, but I blanked and I was like, "It's LA," but I don't want to. Clippers, like, not the Lakers. It was the Clippers. He led it. He, he should have been a Laker, but the he NBA led there. That one, and he's now leading. Where do you go after that? He led in OKC. Okay, so he yeah, he went to OKC, and he he he. Uh, I guess no, he didn't he lead. Went, no, he went. He went to, to the Rockets. He didn't lead Houston, in Houston because that was James Harden's thing. Actually, he tried, but James Harden wasn't wasn't a fan of that. Exactly, but then he led in OKC where they were pretty good. Yeah, and he made a very good culture there as as the veteran player leading all the younger players, and it worked for a while. And now he's currently on the Suns, leading the Suns. He's led almost every team except one he's been on. Katie ain't led not a single team. The one he tried, it didn't work. He's not a leader. He is a I'm gonna be quiet. I'm gonna be a good basketball player, and that's all you're gonna get from me. You're gonna get nothing else from me. I'm not gonna be a part of this culture. I'm not gonna be a part of the the actual team atmosphere. You don't know that, but we don't. We don't know that. You're never gonna sit down and be like, "Yeah, Katie was the best Phoenix Sun." 
No. Katie's going to be remembered as an, as an Oklahoma City Thunder. He's, that's, that's how I want to remember him for the rest of his career. That he's a ring chaser. Oh, uh, no. Don't do that. He is not no, a he's ring. Not. He has drove the bus when it comes to on the basketball court. He has been the bus driver of every team oh, he's I been on. I can't win with OKC. I'm going to the, I'm gonna go to the Golden State. With Russell Westbrook, who has shown to be a, as great as he is, he has shown to not be a guy for winning basketball. He couldn't he, win OKC, so he went to Golden State, right? Uh-huh. He tries to leave Golden State and build his own super team. He can't win there. Because he chooses Kyrie. Sons. I think it's more about who he chose and not necessarily him, him himself. There's different ways to lead, dude, and I guess... And he's good at none of them. He is good on the court. And that, at the that's, end of the day, that's the most what, important thing, that's right? That's why he doesn't lead, because he's, he's only good on the court. He's not good what outside of What you're asking for is not every player can be that. Only a and, very special few can be that. And he's not one of them. So you can't he's say not he's not a leader, leader at, all. at all. You can't say that, he, because there's different ways to lead. He's not trying to lead in Brooklyn. Tell me he didn't try to lead in Brooklyn. Did he try to lead in Brooklyn? No. Oh, so he can't lead. He leads on the court. And when it comes to him trying, him being the guy, the rah-rah guy, that's not his personality. You can't blame a guy for not, that's not being their personality. So how is that team supposed to work? How, what do you mean how is it supposed to work? That, on the basketball court? Yeah. It was KD's team on the basketball court. Okay, Just cool. like it was everywhere else he's played. You have... As a team, you have to embody that team on and off the court. Right. He has never embodied any team on and off the court. I truly believe he has never embodied any team he's ever been on. In a way that, like, he don't bleed for this team. Like, Steph Curry, he bleeds Golden State. Yeah, but they showed him that same loyalty. Don't do that. That They showed him that same loyalty. And by putting putting together a team together that is a competitive team, that allows for both the team and the players to feel that same type of loyalty to each other. They I don't weren't think doing he feels that, that loyalty. I don't think he feels that. I don't think he feels that for any team he's been on. I think he's just trying to win a, win a ring, and that's it. That's all he cares about. I don't think there's any depth to how he plays basketball. I think he only plays the Would win. Would you call LeBron a great leader? Yes, but we say, but we look at LeBron and we talk about how he does some very toxic things when it comes to talking with through the media and talking about, hey, I don't, want, I want, I really wanted Kyrie on this team. That's not a good leader. He pretty much openly said, "I wanted Kyrie," and everybody knows those trades included Russell Westbrook leaving. Is that what a great leader does? I like. I feel like there's different ways to lead, and I feel like you have to give everybody their flowers a little bit. But even guys that you think is a great leader, uh, Jordan. People hated him. He wasn't a great people person. But when it came to that, he made it to work for the way that he was doing it. Okay? And I feel like for much crap as you want to give KD, he made it work for the way that he wants to do it. He, on the basketball court, is a is a is the easiest player to play with. And he did that on the court. And maybe on off the court, he's not going to be the guy with the biggest voice saying how he wants things. He is a, he is a more down, like, down low type of guy. I would say the same thing as Ka- Kawhi, but when it, but again, at least Katie's on the court. Unlike Kawhi, KD all he cares about is playing basketball and going home. There, that is something very special in a way, and especially nowadays with load management and all that. That's not him. So I feel like you, even though you may not think he does the, everything off the court perfectly, that make but you on feel the court he is a player, huh? Doesn't that make you feel less for the player? What do you mean? I don't like Katie. I feel nothing towards him in a way that, like, I feel an affinity with my team. I believe these these players care and want to play for my team. I feel like Katie's only here to win his ring. I truly believe Katie's only on the Phoenix Suns to win his ring. I don't. And that's it. But that's the thing. But like, I but he doesn't cheat the game. 
He doesn't cheat the game of basketball. But he, it doesn't change the fact of he's just going for a ring. That's what everybody's doing. But he's the one that does it the most. He's no. with his team to team, or I want a ring. I'm I go to the Warriors. I get a, I Brooklyn get Brooklyn was an abstract disaster that wasn't just because of him and Kyrie. Oh, that I was that more. I don't care. I don't want to talk about Katie and Kyrie. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I just feel like you're not, not giving enough credit to there's different ways to lead. And, and he's not good at any of them. Maybe that's where you and I just need to disagree. But yeah. even as much as you say LeBron's a great leader, he doesn't make good decisions either. Okay. Let's get off the basketball thing. Um, one last thing I wanted to talk about. The idea that Justin they're saying Justin Fields is not a good passer. Um I would say the only thing that you could talk about when it comes to Justin Fields is his um, his anticipation is, has been, even in college, he needs to see a guy open before he needs to throw there. And amongst all the people that have been saying, hey, they need to trade Justin Fields to go for Bryce Young or um, potentially do all that, which he, they're not going to do. They're going to keep him because he has shown enough. He has been a bright spot for that team. He's not going to do that. So, But my biggest issue was the idea that everybody's looking at him as if he was coming out like Jalen Hurts or – coming out like Josh Allen and couldn't throw the football at all. He threw for 4,000 yards two years in a row at Ohio State and had some of the highest completion percentage ever recorded in college football history. I just need to get it. I just, I know nobody really listens to this podcast. We have a very few, a very select, very little few that listen to this podcast. But if you, as you listen to this podcast, can do anything for me, can you just go tell a friend, go tell a random person that, Justin Fields did not all of a sudden forget how to throw a football from the time he turned into college. He left Ohio State and got into to Chicago. The difference is, is that he doesn't have the same amount of talent around him and he doesn't have an offensive line. So guess what those two things mean? You're running for your life all the time. And you don't have a good offensive strat like when an offensive scheme around you. So you it doesn't help you when the one thing he doesn't do well is it like at least didn't is anticipation. And guess what? The only thing you can do, you can get better at that, is to have players that you know very well around you, that you know what they're going to do, and you have a good offensive scheme around you, and you feel like you're protected in the pocket. He don't even have an okay <clears throat> offensive line. Like, no, I think, it's been trash. I think the Bengals at the, like, I think the Bengals and Steelers at their best, we have okay offensive line. Okay. We're sitting yes. around 12, Serviceable. 13, 14. Yeah. Right? These Serviceable. guys are very okay. They're going to block. They're not right. going to block every play amazing. Right. The Bears are probably bottom three in the league. They're like, letting up a lot of sacks. I and, mean, like, probably they look like XFO. And look, <laughs> offensive lines. Not gonna lie, they do like they look like XFO offensive lines. Right. Because I've seen I've seen players. Of course, I've seen ba- players my Bengals, but this was later in the year. Right. Where dude just in, he's in Burrow's face. Right. I think every play, Fields don't even stay in the pocket. That ball's hiked, and Field goes to the left instantly. Right. He starts going left because uh, he almost knows I have no shot. Right. And in his head, I'm I wouldn't doubt that. Hey, I'm gonna wait till he's open, because with his receivers, I'd be like he could drop. Well, you have ball. Mooney, who's a good he's a sec, a good secondary wide receiver. Yeah, he is not a number then, one. You're like if I throw this to him, is he gonna catch it? Or if I throw this, and he had a lot of drops. There was a lot of exactly. drops for like so really good passes. In your head, throwing. I'm like if I throw this, it's gonna be contested. Can he get this ball? And it's like I'm not even sure if I throw this and he's open if he's gonna catch it. Right. It is so becomes, I understand hey, his anticipation be like, uh, I'm just gonna run. Like I'm just gonna run because like, that's at the end of the day that's I know the only it's safe. Can, I know it's can, gonna work. Yeah, it's exactly. gonna work. If I run, it's gonna work. So I don't trade fields. I go get him a receiver. Y'all are wait. What? They're one. Yeah, they have one, but they're probably gonna trade back. 
And I think they have another pick at like I think at, they're at like fifteen. Something 16. something like that. They have another pick. Because they they got the Ravens pick. Yes. For Roquan. So they're at Yes. I think they're at twenty three, twenty four. Yeah. So like get him a but wide like, receiver. Get a, like get him offensive lineman. You like if, if you go back, let's say you go back to like four or five. Right. You're gonna get a couple seconds, maybe a yeah. first. Go get a yeah. receiver. And then with the other one, get an offensive lineman. Offensive You're lineman. high enough to get a good receiver and a right. good offensive lineman all at the same time. I just want to make sure I get every. I put this out there is that Justin Fields did not forget how to throw football. Yes, he needs to work on anticipation, but he threw for four thousand yards at Ohio State. Like as much as everybody likes to think Ohio State quarterbacks, they they have it so easy, they don't have to do so much. But I'm like, the dude was throwing dimes at Ohio State, and that's just something you don't throw for four thousand yards on accident. There is not four thousand yards of open receivers for you to throw to at all times. So the the idea that that he is like he needs to get better as a passer. I just yeah, there's certain things, but when it I just hate the mon, that mantra because it implies that the guy was not a good passer in the first place. And I'm like, he was a good passer at Ohio State. He wasn't a runner. He did not turn into a runner until he got into the NFL. And I I just think people like are looking at him like he's freaking. Like he's uh, like he's just another running quarterback, and he knows how to throw the ball. Just get him, guys. He'll be able to show that. I think and that be has a, been the most annoying thing of all time. I consider him a dual threat quarterback. I say he can run. Oh, he's a he's a fantastic runner. He no, looks, I know, but it's like I I like his arm. His arm is great. He's a uh, in a way that like he has. He's really he's pretty accurate, and he can throw the ball. He's not booming it like other guys are. Oh yeah, for sure. But he's he, a, he can get 30, 40 yards in that field, like. I, but he's like you guys are making criticisms based off his team and what he has, and he has nothing because he's able to run. They automatically go to oh he just he's just not a good passer. And I'm like I get it. His completion percentage isn't great, but or, he, his offensive line is bad. Pass through too, and his offensive line is bad. And people are dropping the football. They traded for Trace Claypool, who did absolutely nothing for them, and they traded a second round pick. Obviously, ends up being a first round pick thanks to the Steelers, and so. All that being the case, it just feels like they didn't put a team around him. And I feel like he needed to do so much that even he talked about on a podcast where he's like, I have to run for 20, 30 yards on this one play. I come back, I'm tired because I'm sitting here huffing and puffing. Now I have to go do another play and you're passing. So I just feel like you just need to take a little bit of the weight off his shoulders. And especially with the offensive uh, coordinator being a good one that can really help him help make things easier on a play-by-play basis where he can really talk about, he can really do what he's good at which they started to do halfway through the season, which is when they really started scoring a lot more rather than the first half of the season. So all that being the case, I just I just don't get this narrative that comes out about that. And it annoys the crap out of me, and I'm getting tired of it because I'm just sitting here like, man, they're just looking at this dude's black, and they're saying he can't that pass football. I'm like, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, I've been a guy that always has never been really been a true believer of his passing when it comes to precision passing down the field, doing all that. But we have seen him over five, six years in the NFL. There's been proof of that. But when it comes to Justin Fields, I get it. We have two years in the NFL, but you look at the proof between his college tape and what he's doing now. You cannot sit here and say that there is not some correlation between his offensive line getting worse and not having as much talent around him. Maybe if you get those things up and then he looks like he's struggling, then we can have a conversation. But until then, I don't want to hear anything else about he needs to he needs to really get much better as a passer. I can't do it. I just can't. He threw for close to 8,000 yards at Ohio State. In two years, like, and he was a bomb passer, and that what passing was the only thing he did. He didn't run, and as much as people were yelling about C.J. Stroud this year not running all the time, is because Ryan Day tells them not to. 
Ryan Day says, hey, you are a pocket passer. You ha- you're going to sit here and you're going to distribute in the pocket, and we have players to run the football at running back behind you, and we have wide receivers to get the ball to. And it wasn't until it was the Georgia game where everything was on the line where, like, hey, he let C.J. Stroud get, in- get out and run a little bit, where he really let him open up and become more um, – become more of a dynamic player because it's like, hey, this is it. This is the time. But if you're playing playing against Northwestern, don't put your body on the line against a team where mo- we are better than at pretty much every position. So all that being the case, and I feel like it, it takes away a little bit from the psyche because if you're not doing it all the time, you're not going to do it naturally like CJ Stroud showed in, this, showed in the game against Georgia in the, in the semifinal. And I feel like now Justin Fields has to be running for his life. He now has it in him where he's like, hey, I have to run away all the time. So let me just go ahead and get some yards while I'm doing this. And now he looks like an amazing runner. But he was a passer at Ohio State. He wasn't a runner. So I just I just want to make sure I got off about that take. And that'll be pretty much it. Jace, got anything else? All right. This has been a pretty, pretty eventful podcast. Talked about a lot of things. We've been doing this for about an hour and 30 minutes here. So we had a lot of fun time. I didn't feel like crazy long so that's very good so anybody out there listening we appreciate you um if you um just now jumping on the bandwagon maybe you can we can have a fun ride together and talk sports and be dumb all the time that's very nice and i'm glad that you're here if you've already been with us for a while we appreciate you even more because heck we we know we're not the best on a week-to-week basis but we, we try our hardest and i think the people that are with us every week know that so um, I'm going to go ahead and end this by saying, hey, make sure you like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast five stars, um, share the podcast with your friends, family, enemies, anybody you think could uh, could enjoy us idiots talking about sports every week. And then make sure you follow us on Twitter at JB Sports Pod, at Jovante Boozer, at Jace Boozer One are all is all of our uh, our handles on Twitter. And now I'm going to hand it over to Jace. This has been the JB Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening today. Have a nice day. Bye, y'all.